Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny with you on ESPN Radio Coast to Coast, presented by Progressive Insurance. My guests today and all days on the Goodyear Hotline, and we have great ones coming your way today. And if you hear a little extra pep in my voice, it is because we are embarking upon what might very well be the greatest football weekend that we have ever had. For the first time in history, six playoff games this weekend in the National Football League bookended Monday night by Ohio State and Alabama playing for college football's national championship. And we have awesome guests today. Brett Favre in 15 minutes. Brian Kelly an hour after that. And the legendary Al Michaels later today as well. All that and more. We are ready. Let's go. Here we go. Only one place to start. There's only one place to begin today, and it is the last place in the world I was expecting we'd begin today. I thought we'd jump right in with picks. I thought we'd jump right in with keys to these games. I thought we'd jump right in with the NFL playoffs. But no, we begin with one player who is not in them. We begin with Deshaun Watson. Houston, we have a problem. At some point, it's you. At some point, when everyone is getting everything wrong in your organization— It isn't just Bill O'Brien's fault. Now we know that the dysfunction in Houston started above his office. That is not to absolve Bill O'Brien of any of his mistakes. Clearly, he left the cupboard bare. But that is a franchise that just cannot get out of its own way. By now, you are aware of the situation with Deshaun Watson, who apparently, here's what we know of the situation or what what we've seen in the situation with Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes are very close friends. Patrick Mahomes gave Deshaun Watson a rave review on Eric Bieniemy, the assistant coach in KC, who is basically at the top of just about everybody's list to become their next coach. There are six teams that have coaching vacancies in the National Football League. Deshaun Watson went to the people he worked for, namely Cal McNair, the owner of the team. He is the owner because his father, Bob McNair, was the owner of the team and has since died. He went to Cal McNair and said, we should interview him. I'd like to talk to him. I'd like to see him be, you know, the next coach here. Now, he doesn't get to make that decision, of course. And I'd like to think, knowing him a little, he knows he doesn't get to make that decision. But that recommendation should carry some weight. And the fact that six teams have coaching vacancies, five of them interviewed Eric Bieniemy this week, and the only one that didn't request that interview was Houston is telling. That is a slap in the face. That is almost a direct affront that feels as though it's tiptoeing up to, oh yeah, that's what you want? Well, I'm going to make sure you know who's the boss here. I'm not interested in who you think should be the coach. You just play and I'll do the rest of it here. I'll do my job. You do yours. That's not how you handle your franchise. A guy who is not only the face, but he's the heart and soul of your franchise. Inclusive of J.J. Watt at this point, and J.J. knows it. So that's what happened in Houston. And it is just unconscionable. Let me make myself 100% clear. The organization by no means has to do when it is hiring general managers or coaches what the star player wants to do. But what it does have to do, or at least you would think it should want to do, is to make him feel good about it. Just feel good about being a part of this organization. He's the only thing you've got. The Houston Texans are nothing besides him at this point. And so to have alienated him in the way they did, and then for him to find out that you hired the general manager on social media, this to me is inexcusable. 
but it could wind up being the best thing that ever happened to me because now Deshaun Watson wants out. And there were probably, I haven't gone through the standings. No, no, let's look, let's figure out how many teams wouldn't die to have Deshaun Watson. What wouldn't you give up to have Deshaun Watson? I put together a small list of teams that should be doing everything they can to get Deshaun Watson. It starts with the Jets, because for me, everything starts with the Jets. The Jets should offer them the second pick in the draft. They should offer them every player on their roster that they're interested in. And then if they need to, they should throw in the Chrysler building. I mean, whatever it is you have to offer, just do it. Get Deshaun Watson. It's elementary, my friend. Mr. Watson is the best. Deshaun Watson is as good as any quarterback in the NFL. And he's everything you want a leader and, and of your franchise to be. So that's the first team because I always think of them first. How about the Bears? The Chicago Bears should offer everything they have in their organization, every real football asset they have, plus the water tower, plus Gibson Steakhouse, and anything else they want thrown in there. Throw in the Sears Tower if they want it, which, by the way, will always be the Sears Tower. I don't care what anybody says. And anything else they want. That's what the Bears should do. How about the Colts? The Colts are desperately in need of a quarterback. Deshaun Watson is 100 times better than Carson Wentz. They're going to go get Wentz because of his relationship with Reich. Wentz is insanely expensive, and he isn't nearly as good as Deshaun Watson. If you're the Colts, give them every football asset you have, plus St. Elmo's. Just throw it in. Throw it in. That's the best restaurant in town. Everybody goes. Everyone knows it. Throw in that shrimp cocktail so spicy, cleans out your sinuses. That's it. Throw it in. Who else? Eagles. The Eagles should desperately want him. I don't know if Jalen Hurts is going to be their quarterback of the future. I don't think Carson Wentz is going to be the quarterback of their future. I don't think they have their quarterback of the future on their roster. Throw in whatever Houston wants. Throw in the Rocky statue. And by the way, throw in that ridiculous statue of Nick Foles you put up outside the stadium. Putting up a statue of Nick Foles while he's still playing in the NFL for another team is patently ridiculous. Put that up 40 years later on the anniversary of the Philly special. So throw that in. Get rid of it either way. But one way or another, get do whatever you can. Get him. How about the Patriots? Could you imagine Deshaun Watson on the Patriots? Watson has always played great against New England, by the way, and you know Belichick would love him. If you're the Patriots, whatever assets you have, you trade those to Houston and you throw in every freaking Dunkin' Donuts in Foxborough, of which there were like 70. Have you driven to Foxborough to go to a Patriot game? You get up to Patriot Place up there? There's a Dunkin' Donuts like on and every little spot. It's like a one-lane road and you're driving up there. It's not a highway. It's just like a road and you're going up and everywhere you look, there's donuts. So maybe Cal McNair loves those. So get those, throw that in. Whatever you need, do it. But get Deshaun Watson. He's that good. When you get past the legends, take Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers and people like that out of the conversation. When you get to the quarterbacks who you can build around and say, this is going to be my guy for a decade, there's only one player I take ahead of Deshaun Watson, and that's Patrick Mahomes. And that's close. That's closer, I think, than most anyone else would expect it to be. If Deshaun Watson had been drafted by the Kansas City Chiefs, if Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy had been coaching him since he came into the league, if he had Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill and all these other guys around him, and that great coaching and that great system and that great team, he would be right now what we're calling Patrick Mahomes, which is the guy who might wind up being the greatest of all time. That's how good Deshaun is. 
So Josh Allen is awesome. I would rather have Deshaun. You know who else I would rather have than him then? The number one pick. If you're Jacksonville, you trade the number one pick to Houston. That's Trevor Lawrence. You watch Clemson football? I, I have. You watch Deshaun Watson as their quarterback, then you watch Trevor Lawrence. I know Trevor Lawrence checks every box that these evaluators love. You watch them play, you tell me you think Trevor Lawrence on the field has been a better quarterback than Deshaun Watson was? I don't see it. What he is is a lot cheaper. So if you're Houston and you're starting all over again, get the number one pick, build around Trevor Lawrence, fan base is excited, you've got him under, under, under that rookie contract for five years, you control it. That seems like a trade that would make a lot of sense to Houston. And if I'm Jacksonville, I do it. I know everyone's excited about the number one pick. But the number one pick is not Deshaun Watson. We will talk about that and a whole lot more. I'm going to pick every game for you here. We're going to be jam-packed. The question I will ask coming up next is how exactly will not having his play caller impact Baker Mayfield? I will ask that question to one of the great quarterbacks of all time when Brett Favre joins me live. Greeny, the podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, heading into an unprecedented weekend. Six NFL playoff games. And joining us now to look ahead to those is the legend, the Hall of Famer Brett Favre, with me on the Goodyear Hotline. Goodyear helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear more driven. Happy New Year, Brett Favre. How are you? I'm, I'm good, Mike. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm well. It's a pleasure to talk. And let's dive right into it because there's so much here. I want to start very quickly with this thing with Deshaun Watson, who apparently feels as though the organization doesn't value him enough and may want to be traded. You don't know the particulars of it, and neither do I. So I'm not going to ask you to comment on that. But just generally, when you are the franchise, as you were for so long in Green Bay, what are your expectations? Like, what what do you expect how much input do you expect to have with the organization into decisions they make around things like coaching and that type of thing? What was your expectation? Um, I, I, I really didn't have any. Um, you know, I had, I had my, uh, uh, you know, my views and stances and so, so on and so forth. But I really didn't expect Ron Wolf to ever come to me and say, what do you think about this player? What do you think about this coach? Mm-hmm. Um, as I got older, you know, understandably so, I think we all, as we get older, we think we know more and in some respects feel entitled to uh, to being heard. That doesn't necessarily mean that anyone needs to put anything into action. Um, but my, I, I was in, in Green Bay for 16 years, and um, – you know, other than maybe the last couple of years. Um, I, I, in, in other words, I never had any input as far as coaches, players. Uh, that's not to say I didn't grumble or uh, give my advice. Mm-hmm. But my expectation level was not – was to play and, and play only. 
I get it. Brett Favre with me here on ESPN Radio. All right, let's get to these playoffs. The situation in Cleveland is a really tough one, and you would you would understand this better than almost anyone, what Baker Mayfield is dealing with. So he has had such a good year, and, and, and part of it seems to be this great chemistry and relationship he has with his play caller, Kevin Stefanski, more significantly yeah. than being the head coach. It's that relationship with the play caller. He will be without him on Sunday night. How do you expect that to impact him and the game? Well, time will tell, Mike. You know, uh, I've been thinking about this. Uh, You know, could could Stefanski do it remotely? Uh, You know, we're we're talking about something that's never been done, to my knowledge. Right. Uh, They're not going to let him, by the way. They looked into it. They're not going to let him. I understand exactly what you're saying. The league does not allow it, and they are not making an exception in this circumstance. I I know where you're going. They're not going to let him. Well... And then, you know, time will tell how it, it affects uh, the offense and Baker in, in particular. But, uh, you know, I'm sure that Kevin and and whoever's going to be calling the plays and Baker are, are meeting virtually or whatever to, to try to come up with the, be- the next best solution. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be interesting. I mean, again, this, this year is uh, – is like nothing we've ever seen, and it just continues to grow, you know to grow bigger and bigger. So when when you were a young quarterback, again you were there so long. But when you were young, making your first playoff appearance, which Baker is, like how important is that voice in your head and the comfort level that you have with that person? Uh, extremely important. Uh, you know, it's not to say that you can't succeed, but without that voice, uh, I'm just glad that I didn't have to to go through it alone. I think our first playoff game, correct me if I'm wrong, was Detroit in Detroit. Um, and, you know, Mike Holmgren was tough on me, but he but he was a soothing um, – I, I hate to say soothing. I kind of laugh when I say that but because he was not the most gentle person. But I needed that. Mm-hmm. I needed his, his voice and, and his discipline with me at all times. And uh, not only that, I needed his knowledge – from a play calling standpoint. So it's extremely important. Um, and I'm not, again, it's not to say that they can't succeed, but it's going to be interesting how that plays out. Yep, that was 93 was your first playoff appearance as a Packer Greeny and Brett Favre presented by Progressive Insurance Drivers who save with Progressive save over $750 on average. Let, let's talk about the that building that you made your own for so long, Lambeau Field and what it is like to have mm-hmm. to go in there and try and win a game against a legendary quarterback. That was you, and now it's Aaron, and someone's going to have yep. to try and do it. Um, people will look at Brady at his age and Breeze at his age and think that will be a factor. How much of a factor do you think that the building, the cold weather, would be on those older quarterbacks if they wind up at Lambeau Field? Well, I think more than anything, the elements will play a part in in the victory, and not to mention how well Aaron is playing. It goes without saying, he's playing best football he's ever played um and he's made everyone around him so much better okay that you know that's no secret the elements it's just just the elements alone is going to make it so difficult for an opponent to come in look whether you're 25 or 45 you assume it's going to be colder than hell and windy <laughs> and that's a factor i don't care what you say um you know but Eli Manning and the Giants came in and beat us in harsh conditions, so it can be done. But I would say the the odds just 
just a normal if they played at a neutral field with great weather the way Green Bay and Aaron are playing right now they're going to be tough to beat now you throw the elements into it and they're going to be extremely tough to beat the legendary Brett Favre with me on ESPN Radio. You know, I had just got off the TV show and, and I had um, Ryan Clark and Bart Scott and Rob Ninkovich talking about how different these games are, that there's just a different level of intensity and 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 intensity, I guess, is the right word when you get to the postseason. How would you describe it? How would you describe the way these playoff games are different than even big regular season games? Yeah, you know, I, I, I think that... Uh, you know, I, I don't know if I would go as far as to say there's a, you know, intensity is greater and all that stuff because what what are you saying? That the regular season you only go 80%? Hmm. Um, but I get what they're saying. I think the, the, the big difference is is that you win, you continue. You lose, you're done. And with, that, with, each, with each week that you are able to win and advance, you're getting closer to maybe – one of the biggest events in all of the world nowadays. Now, uh, you know, that being the Super Bowl. So uh, the buildup and the pressure to go from week to week is, is certainly different than the regular season. One, one more quick one here, Brett. I, I'm just looking at the numbers here. and You played 24 playoff games in your life, which is an extraordinary number. When you look back on them now, do you remember more vividly the wins or the defeats? Absolutely, 100% the defeats. And I think that's the competitor in, in not only me, but coaches and players who have also uh, been fortunate enough to, to, to play or coach. You, you think more about the what-ifs, and boy, you know, if I could have done this, than the ones that you did well. Um, I think it's just kind of the nature of the beast. It's remarkable. Brett Favre again with us today talking about CBD and, and your involvement with that and how uh, that has been working for you. Tell us about it, Brett. Oh, uh, yeah. Green Eagle uh, is a CBD company I'm working with. And uh, by the way, any listeners can get 30% off if you uh, use the code GREEN30. But anyway, this stuff works, man. And, you know, being a an advocate for non-addictive Pain relievers uh, is so, such an important thing for me after spending two different stints in rehab for pain pills. So um, it's, you know, if, if you got a broken back, don't use it. Go to, the, to a doctor. But if you got aches and pains, tendonitis, um, bruises, it works great. So give it a try. Brett Favre, it's a pleasure. As always, enjoy the games this weekend. We'll talk down the road. All right, Mike. Thanks for having me. Take care. That's Brett Favre with me here on ESPN Radio on the Goodyear Hotline, which great insight. I just was sitting here, you know, when, when he mentioned that, I, I called up his all of his playoff numbers. <laughs> They're just, just ridiculous. Um, all right, as we continue coming up next, I will correct the biggest min- misconception about football today. That's next. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. 
Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. A lot of fun here today and glad you're along for the ride on one of the best football Fridays we'll ever have. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. We'll be talking football pretty much wall-to-wall here. We'll have Brian Kelly in our next hour looking ahead to the college championship game. We'll have the legendary Al Michaels who will join us in our next hour here as well. And I'll just remind you that if you miss anything on the show, we're here two hours every single day, and I'd love you to hang out with me for two hours, but I understand you have a life. So if you miss anything here, it's a podcast. Every day, each hour becomes its own podcast. It's called Hashtag Greenie. You can catch up wherever it is you get your podcasts. Meanwhile, it is time for some straight talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. And the straight talk is this. There is a belief in football that in this day and age, having a really good running back doesn't matter at all. And great receivers are the only things that matter. That running backs are a dime a dozen. They've been devalued. That has been a narrative in pro football now, it feels like, for quite some time. And so, I brought that up to Barry Sanders yesterday. If you were listening, Barry was on with me yesterday. I asked him about that. And he said, you know, I don't think that's true. If you look at some of the best teams in the league... They have the best runners. So I decided to look into that a little bit, and I used 1,000 yards as the cutoff. So hashtag Bubba, you ready to jump on here? Jump in with me here, and let me ask you a question. There were nine running backs in the NFL this year that ran for 1,000 yards. Nine running backs ran for 1,000 yards. Of those nine, how many do you believe made the playoffs? Five. The answer is six. Two-thirds of the people who ran for 1,000 yards this year made the playoffs. Okay, to the receivers, 18 receivers in the NFL caught 1,000 yards worth of, worth of passes. 18. So in order to make it to two-thirds of that, then 12 of them would have to have made the playoffs. How many receivers... I'm sort of giving away the, the, the store here. How many receivers do you think out of those 18 made the playoffs? Nine. Ten, the answer is 10. So it's less. So 10 of the 18 1,000-yard receivers and six of the nine 1,000-yard rushers are in the playoffs. So what does that tell you? That while this is a passing game, and obviously being able to throw the ball effectively is the most important thing in pro football today, that having a dominant running back, this year at least, was more valuable than having one great receiver. Because the really good offenses, if you look at them, they spread it around like crazy. Now, the great offenses, like the one in Kansas City, which is the one you'll talk about for the rest of your life, they've got at least, well, they had two guys on that list, 2,000-yard receivers. One of them is a tight end in Kelsey and, and obviously Tyreek Hill. But I think, that's, I think that's a little bit of a misconception that you could just hey, get a running back anywhere. Six of the nine guys who ran for 1,000 yards this year are in the playoffs, and let's see if one of them winds up winning the Super Bowl. Straight talk wireless, no contract, no compromise. Okay, next order of business. I'm sorry, what? What? what, what? I'm sorry, what? what? I'm sorry, what? Also, I'm sorry, a- what? My bad. We have a couple of I'm sorry what's for you today. A couple of things that people said that made me say, I'm sorry, what? It starts with Juju Smith-Schuster. Wide receiver for the Pittsburgh Steelers, getting set to play Cleveland this weekend. Now, if you've been following, then you are aware that Juju Smith-Schuster is the guy. He has an enormous TikTok presence, an enormous social media presence in general, and has an enormous TikTok following. 
And he has this dance that he does, and he was doing it for a long time on the logos of the opposing teams that he was playing against. And that was being done exclusively for his brand, being done exclusively for uh, TikTok. And it has worked. I can tell you again, my son, who is 18 years old, loves Juju Smith-Schuster exclusively because of his TikTok presence. And he will say, my 18-year-old son, and I quote, Dad, Juju is the most lit player in the NFL, end quote. Mike Tomlin was a little done with him being that lit. He did not want him dancing on the logo anymore, told him to stop, and so Juju has stopped. Well, as of today, Mike Tomlin might want to tell Juju, go ahead and dance, because it might be better than saying this about the team you're playing in the playoffs this weekend, the Cleveland Browns. Nah, I think they're still the same bouncing up every year. I think they're nameless great faces. Um, yes, they have a couple good players on, on their team, but at the end of the day, like, we, I don't know, like, it's the Browns, it's the Browns. Um, and that's just like one of those things that, you know, AFC North football, and they're a good team, but um, I'm just happy we're playing them again, you know, this, this Sunday. I'm sorry, what? We, we, are, we are now having this conversation about our opponent this weekend. I tell you, it's a fascinating dynamic. Pittsburgh has had a fascinating dynamic there with players. First, they had Antonio Brown, who was Facebook living the coach's post-game locker room speech after they won a playoff game. And now you've got Juju, who is, again, I like the spirit. I like the social media stuff. I like him dancing on the logo. Look, I never played pro football, obviously. These logos don't mean that much to me. It's just a painted area of grass. So I have no problem with that, and I have no problem with players bolstering their profiles, bolstering their brand. There's money in that, and I have no issue with anyone making as much money as they can any way they want. Juju Smith-Schuster is probably setting himself up to have a really nice career of some sort as a some kind of celebrity. I don't know what it is he wants to do with his life after football, but he's going to have an enormous following to do it. So I have zero issue with that. This I could live without. I could live without the, well, they're the same old Browns. I mean, you're going to say that, you're going to back it up. You better back it up because the Steelers have absolutely everything going their way this weekend. They're playing little brother. Little brother still hasn't been in their facility this week. They haven't been able to practice all week, and they may easily wind up going the entire week without practicing. The last pass Baker Mayfield may actually throw before he plays Pittsburgh this Sunday might be one that he threw against Pittsburgh last Sunday. So the Steelers have everything going their way and I expect them to win big but what if they don't what if they don't those are tough words to eat I know nameless gray faces is a Tomlinism, but those are tough words to eat and if you're Cleveland you want him to eat them so we'll see what winds up happening Greeny with you on ESPN radio the other one this one I actually kind of liked was Bruce Arians Buccaneer Bruce coach of the Tampa Bay Bucks. They play Washington tomorrow night. Bruce was asked yesterday, is this season a success? Has this season already been a success? And here's what he said. We'll see. You know, see how far this goes. Uh, it won't be if we don't win this one. That's for sure. And, uh, and uh, really, it's not going to be if we don't put rings on our fingers. Because once you're in the tournament, that's what you're playing for. And uh, so we did enough to get here. And now... It will not be satisfying unless we finish it. See, that what I kind of like. That I kind of like. It don't mean a thing if you don't get the ring. I remember the, the Bulls that I covered in 92, excuse me, in 96, who won 72 games. 
and uh, you know set what was then the record for most wins in a regular season. Their mantra, 72-10, and 10, all through those playoffs was, it don't mean a thing if you don't get the ring. And that part of it I buy. I think that's Bruce Arians just being honest. Like, we didn't go get Tom Brady to try and make the NFC championship game. When Tom Brady is your quarterback, and he has started nine Super Bowls and won six of them, and you have any talent around him, much less as much as they do, you got to win. You got you to make a deep run. Otherwise, it will be viewed externally as a failure. And I have no problem with him acknowledging that they would view it that way internally as well. All right, coming up next here on ESPN Radio, I will give you the teams that might not need Deshaun Watson. Plus, Bubba's got who you got and a whole lot more. That's on the way as we roll on on this Football Friday on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. Life is a series of choices. Who you got? Make a decision. Say it! Say it! All right, I'll say it. Who you got? It means hashtag Bubba, and it means we look ahead to the six wildcard playoff games this weekend, and I will tell you exactly who's going to win and by how many. Hello again, hashtag Bubba. Yellow. Who is our who is our sponsor for who you got today? Oh, we are sponsored by Granger. Love it. Brought to you by Granger and ready to go. Are you ready? I am ready. Let's go. Who you got? Let's start it off. Colts at Bills. Yep, Colts, Bills starting us off. The Bills, 7-1 at home. They won in the AFC East, and they also have the two seed in the AFC. And Buffalo is a six-and-a-half-point favorite here. So, who you got? You know, we're no longer in the holiday season, right? We're no longer in the Christmas season. But I'm still in the giving mood. That's going to be the theme of this day. We're going to be giving, giving, and in this case, we are definitely giving the points. Frank Reich is coming back to the scene of his most legendary game, 28 years after he led the Buffalo Bills to one of the great comebacks, maybe the greatest comeback in NFL history, and a playoff game against Houston. His team is going to fall behind, and they're going to stay that way this time. Look, the answer is simple. The Bills didn't really need the game last weekend against Miami as badly as the Dolphins did, and the Dolphins have a good defense. And Josh Allen just carved them up. Josh Allen is playing on another level. He's legit. Sean McDermott is the coach of the year. Circle the wagons. 31-17. Buffalo is the official pick. Baba, what's next? Rams and Seahawks. Yeah, when this one, uh, Jared Goff says he's good, but we still don't know who's going to start. Could be him, could be John Walford. So who knows? But we do know it's Seattle minus three. Who you got? That's tough to figure. These two teams split this season. There were different points of this year where I thought each of them might wind up in the Super Bowl. Now I don't think either of them will. And LASD is legit. And Ramsey, he'll take one of those receivers out of the game, and they will make Russell's life miserable. But when in doubt, and I'm in significant doubt on this game, bet on the quarterback. And so I will bet on Russell, and I will bet on Pete Carroll, who, by the way, has the most wildcard wins in NFL history, most wildcard weekend wins in NFL history. He's got six. This will be his seventh. I've got Seattle 26-23 in a thriller Saturday afternoon. Baba, what's next? Tampa Bay at Washington. All right, the nightcap on Saturday. Tom Brady playing as a wild card for the first time ever, and it's Tampa Bay minus eight. Who you got? Chase Young, be careful what you wish for. The GOAT has seen a lot of great ones come along. And I don't think he's shaking in his boots. As great as Chase Young is, 
And look, when you have guys rushing the passer whose names are Sweat and Pain, you know you can bring it. But to me, the bottom line is I just don't see Washington scoring any points. The thing people don't talk about much with Tampa is their defense is pretty good. They're not as good as I thought they'd be, but they're not bad. Their defense is way better than Washington's offense. Teams that have beaten Tom Brady in the playoffs historically have averaged 27 points. I don't see Washington getting anywhere near that. They only did it three times all season. So I will take Brady and the Bucks, and I will take them, and I will give the points. I've got Tampa 23-10 to 10 to advance to a possible meeting the following weekend with Aaron Rodgers at Lambeau Field. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. Bubba, what's the next game? All right, and I should also let the world know these odds are from Caesars Sportsbook by William Hill. Ravens and Titans. All right, the first one on Sunday, and this is our game, ABC, ESPN, and the ESPN Megacast. And they played once this season, Titans won, but Baltimore, they've won five in a row, starting with their win over the Cowboys. You're welcome. We got Baltimore (laughs) minus three. Who you got? I hate that these teams are playing this early because they're my two sleepers. And Derrick Henry is my offensive player of the year. I think that award is going to wind up going to Devontae Adams. I think it should go to Derrick Henry. He ran for 2,000 yards, and he carries that team, literally, I guess, and figuratively. But I just think it's time for the narrative to change on Lamar. If you listen to this show, then you know that I'm a Lamar Jackson supporter, even if they lose. I do not believe that the referendum on, on Lamar Jackson is whether he wins this game or not. But I believe he will. I believe he will rewrite what has been a disappointing postseason narrative, primarily because what the Ravens do well, the Titans don't defend well. It's not just Lamar, but my sneaky pick on DraftKings this weekend is J.K. Dobbins. I don't know how sneaky it is, but I think he's a very good pick. I think Dobbins runs for a lot of yards. I think Lamar runs for a lot of yards. I think this is a great game, and I've got the Ravens in a thriller. 31-30, Baltimore, chalk up a win for Lamar Jackson in the playoffs, and on go the Ravens. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. Bubba, what's the next game? Bears and Saints. Yeah, and Saints coach Sean Payne wanted 50000 at this game. Not sure that's going to happen, but it is the largest spread of the game. I can tell you that, and it's New Orleans minus 10, so who you got here? Uh, this is a mess. I mean, this, that what he's talking about there, and it's almost more interesting, I think, than, than handicapping the game, is that Sean Payton was talking about creating a fan bubble, creating a bubble like for a week where they could try and get put 50,000 people in there and do the testing and do whatever it is and then have 50,000 fans at the game. Not going to happen, obviously. But even without fans in the building, I think this is very one-sided. There's nothing that could happen this weekend that would surprise me more than the Bears beating this team. And it's not because of New Orleans' offense, of course. It's because of their defense. They are legit. And Mitch Trubisky, I think, is playing for his future. Trubisky, if he plays big, and the one thing I'll say about this is that what Trubisky does well, which is run with the football, that is the one thing you might be able to do against New Orleans. But I, I see the Saints in a blowout in this game. I would be shocked if it goes any other way. The official prediction, New Orleans 33, Chicago 13. Hashtag Bubba, one more. Browns at Steelers. Yeah, last game of the weekend, and the Browns in their first playoff game since 2 But we know the big story here is they're missing Kevin Stefanski amongst all the COVID issues. And it's Pittsburgh minus six who you got here so that hasn't moved as much as i might have thought i think i believe this game opened at four or four and a half nuno was it four four and a half the game opened at four and a half it's only moved to six this team hasn't practiced all week 
They haven't been in their facility. They're meeting on Zoom like they're an accounting firm from, from Toledo. And and they might not see each other until they all get on the bus to go to Pittsburgh together. Mayfield is going to be playing this playoff game without his guru, his Svengali, in Kevin Stefanski. They will miss Stefanski much more, I believe, in Mayfield's ear and, and the sort of feel for the game. Dominique said it very well earlier this week on Get Up, that there are certain things about being a head coach that are a science. When do you go for it on fourth down? When do you go for the two? That's a science. That's analytics. That's math. Calling plays is an art. Calling plays is sort of getting a feel for the game and painting a picture. And that, I think, is what they will be missing. And so, I'm sorry, Cleveland. I hate that it goes this way for you. I liked Pittsburgh already. Now I love them. Wave the terrible towels. Steelers 31, Browns 16. Bubba, those are the official predictions. All right, who you got? Brought to you by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger is always there to help. Call clickgranger.com slash safety or just stop by like Francisco Lindor is to the Mets. Count it. Hey, Bubba's excited. All the Met fans around Put here are excited. Box. All the Met fans are going crazy about the acquisition of Lindor. Not not just because he becomes a, a great player on your team, but because of what it portends for the future with your new billionaire Things owner. Things are happening. You go, you go out and you get the richest owner in baseball by far owning your team, Steve Cohen, and he makes this deal. If I have a moment, I will talk about the other side of this trade and the absolute travesty that is what the Indians are doing. That and more on the way. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast.